What does it mean to be part of the new community of Jesus? This is Saturday, October 23rd. In 1942, two couples came together to buy land and operate a farm. This was a farm in, unlike any others they had seen. They set out to intentionally follow the example of the first early Christian communities like those mentioned in the early chapters of the book of Acts. The name given to the farm was koinonia. That's the Greek word for community or fellowship that we find used in the New Testament. Now, coming into the farm meant laying aside personal wealth and instead using a common fund for all purchases for the community. The farm was also created to be interracial, a place where whites and blacks could live together in a spirit of partnership. Based on their reading of the New Testament, they committed to these precepts. Treat all human beings with dignity and justice. Choose love over violence. Share all possessions and live simply. Be stewards of the land and its natural resources. Now, many other families joined from the start, and others that showed up later had to go through a period of training in community based on the life and teachings of Jesus. Now, I tell the story of Koinonia Farm because they set out to do a wonderful thing, even if it feels like they were trying to create something of a utopia. You see, the New Testament does speak of community, but not of living in community like this. Instead, every church is to demonstrate the fellowship, or koinonia, that Jesus gave to those that follow him. But today we need to pull back the curtain to see how Jesus formed this new community, the church and what our part is in it. We begin by looking at this extraordinary scene from the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 3, verse 31 to 34. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Now, not much would have the power to shock Jesus' listeners more than what Jesus says and does here. At the time of Jesus, the blood family was everything. Here you got your identity, your livelihood, and your future. You were wrapped up in your family. Every good man or woman made whatever sacrifice was needed to secure the success of his or her family. Yet here is Jesus using the, that language of family and applying it to everyone that follows him. In the process, Jesus leaves his mother and siblings standing outside. This would have been absolutely offensive. No one had ever heard anything like this. So why does Jesus do this? This teaching is rooted in the plan Jesus has to form a new community, a new family, made up of those who come to him, those who have faith in him. Of course, this new family can also include your blood family, but the point is that what joins you is not blood. Instead, it is submission to Christ as Lord. Even your blood family bonds then take on a new significance. 
Now, as we think about this, I think there is no better illustration than what happened as Jesus hung on the cross. Here's the description of what happened from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, before Jesus died, he created a new family bond along the lines of his teaching and action. John became the son of Mary, his mother, and Mary became John's mother. We know that after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, John took Mary with him to the city of Ephesus, his base of operations, as a disciple of Jesus. Mary lived out her years under the care of John, and she died there. A church is present there today, marking the place where Mary lived and died. But the point is, Jesus created a new family. Now, the implications of this are wonderful. Jesus himself was single. He never married, which was very unusual at the time. You see, the Jewish people believed that their story on earth would continue through their children, their blood children. But Jesus had no children, no blood children. But he had so many that became his spiritual children through faith in him. So Jesus made singleness sacred and he's given single adults in his church the calling of being spiritual parents to those that belong to him, and siblings too. You see, God's mission in the world begins with a family, and then in Christ, God forms a new family, one that joins together everyone that belongs to him. This means that each of us have a place in supporting and nurturing our spiritual brothers and sisters, our spiritual fathers and mothers, and our spiritual children as well. So as you look around the body of Christ, realize that you are family through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, our Father, kindle in us a vision for what you are doing in the world. Help us to see the spiritual family you've surrounded us with. Enable us to engage in your mission right here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.